welcome back to Not Your Practice Life with me, Michelle Urso. I am so grateful you're here and I'm so excited to talk about today's topic because it's definitely one that we've all had experiences with. I mean, no matter what age or stage of life you're in, we all have challenging relationships with others. So if you tuned into the trailer of the first episode, you know that I am big on helping others find their happiness. So the first episode, we talked about a major factor of happiness, and that's your job, your workplace environment. And today, we're talking about all the relationships that we have with others, because the relationships play a major factor in our lives and our personal happiness. So today, we're going to be talking about friendships, toxic family members, teenagers, and significant others. So start thinking about the relationships in your life and which ones could use some work. Is there someone in your life that brings a lot of stress and anxiety? Are you having a hard time setting boundaries with someone? Do you feel trapped in a relationship and don't know how to get out of it? Do you know you need to remove someone from your life, but you're afraid of hurting their feelings? It is wild to me how many people I've talked to recently who don't want to end a relationship because they are afraid of hurting their feelings. Legit, that is the reason they gave me. I'm afraid to hurt their feelings. Like, you've got to be kidding me. Not only are you wasting your time, you're wasting their time, and you're just delaying the inevitable. It's going to happen one way or another. Their feelings are going to get hurt one way or another. But guess what? You're not responsible for their feelings. You're responsible for your actions. And there is a respectful way to tell someone it's just not working anymore. So just end it. Or maybe you're the opposite and you're staying in a relationship, but you're praying that things will change, that things will get better. You're holding on to like this glimmer of hope for a positive outcome. And if any of this sounds like you, then you're in the right place. So let's get started. First, I want to define toxic relationships because a lot of people don't even realize that the relationships in their lives are extremely unhealthy, not normal, and downright toxic for their health. I mean, they're called toxic for a reason because they impact your emotional, physical, mental, and or your spiritual health and well-being. And that is not okay. And this can apply to any relationship in your life, family, friend, significant other. And that's why I want to talk about all of them today. Later in the episode, I'll get into the nitty gritty of the toxicity that a significant other can bring. But the examples that I'm about to give can definitely apply to a family member, friendship, or relationship. So here are some examples of a toxic relationship. Do you constantly feel drained, stressed, anxious, unhappy after talking with or spending time with someone? Do you always argue over minor things or is there constant sarcasm, criticism, mocking, or snide remarks? Is there a type of abuse present? This can include mental abuse. Are they gaslighting you, making you out to constantly be the problem? Is there any type of physical abuse? Is there verbal or emotional abuse? Do they say hurtful things to you, call you names, or demean you? Is the only contact you have with this person a negative experience? Does the relationship create so much stress that it's affecting your life at home or at work? Is the relationship solely based around that other person? Like, does everything revolve around them and they don't put in any effort towards maintaining the relationship with you? Do they give you the silent treatment? Do they blame you for everything or spin every argument around on you? These are all signs of a toxic relationship. 
And I want to start first with friendships, because I know a lot of us have a very hard time letting go of friends that have been in our lives for a very long time. But it's okay. If they're no longer serving a positive purpose in your life, it's okay to let them go. I know I've had to do that, and it's not easy at all, but it's actually freeing in some sense, because not everyone is meant to be in our lives forever. So if you're finding that some of your friendships require more effort on your end than the other person's willing to give, you either need to accept that for what it is and know that you're always going to be putting in the effort to maintaining that relationship, or you need to let them go and find a friend that's willing to put in equal effort. And don't feel bad if you've outgrown your friend group. If your life is moving in a new direction and you need to surround yourself with like-minded people who are going to support your goals and your dreams and push you to succeed as you're going to do for them, it's okay. It's okay to let them go. I know it's hard and I know it's a struggle, but if it's going to increase your happiness and your mental health, then you need to do that for yourself. And it doesn't have to be an abrupt ending. It doesn't have to be dramatic. You can just slowly start distancing yourself from them and surrounding yourself with people who are like-minded and and where you want to be in life. I know there was a time when I realized I outgrew a friendship and it was extremely hard to come to terms with that because this person had been in my life for years and we were really close for a very long time. But every time I talked to her, she just was negative. She just kept complaining about the same things and wasn't willing to do anything to change it. And I kept giving her ideas and suggestions, but it was just the same old thing every time we talked. And I was in a really rough place in my life when I realized I needed to let her go. Um, I was going through a very tumultuous time and I didn't need any additional negativity bringing me down. And so I just started distancing myself from her and eventually it just kind of whittled away and it's, it's sad, but it's just the reality that I just knew that that's what I needed in my life. But on the flip side, there was another girlfriend years prior who was always so negative. And I really realized it was bringing me down because the people and energy you surround yourself with absolutely affect your mood and your energy and your life. So I just told her straight up, I said, hey, your negativity is really bringing me down. I'm here for you in whatever way you need me to be but I just need some space from the negative vibes. She didn't even realize how negative she was and she didn't get offended or upset. She genuinely heard what I had to say. And today she's one of the most positive people I know and one of my best friends. So I am so grateful that I said something to her that she not only respected what I had to say, but she recognized it and did something to change it. So I encourage you to assess your relationships for yourself and see whether or not you want to hold on to them. Just take the space that you need and whether you'd be happier in your life without them. It doesn't matter if you've been friends for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, two years. Relationships change over time, and that is okay. Just be respectful, take the space you need, and if that's a permanent break, it is what it is, and it's okay. Now let's dive into tough relationships with family members, because while you can absolutely cut family members out of your life, if that's where your happiness lies, I know for a lot of people, that's not what they want entirely. So first thing, identify when you feel unhappy, uncomfortable, when you have stress or anxiety, when it comes to family members, and learn how to set boundaries for yourself. For example, does an argument always tend to happen when you talk about a particular subject? 
Maybe you set a boundary by saying that that topic is completely off limits. We'll use politics because it's easy to argue about politics. Maybe you set a boundary by saying that it is off limits. You can respectfully say, hey, I realize that every time we discuss politics, it always ends up in an argument. So I'm respectfully asking to not talk about it anymore because I don't like arguing with you. It's hard to argue with someone when they're asking for something in a respectful manner. But I know it can happen because some people are just argumentative by nature. So next time they bring up the subject that you don't want to talk about, respectfully ask them to stop, change the subject, or physically get up and leave the conversation. You are not disrespecting them by getting up and leaving. They are disrespecting you by crashing right through the boundary line that you've set and you've communicated with them. So don't worry about their feelings. Like I said before, you are not responsible for their feelings and their emotions or how they react. That is 100% on them. All you can do is control yourself and your reactions. So don't start talking back. Just get up and leave the room. But here's what I don't want you to do. I don't want you to cater to their feelings because it's only hurting you in the end. And that's not fair to you. When you ask for something respectfully and they don't honor that, what does that say about them? So sometimes I know it's hard when it comes to family members, but I want you to start standing up for yourself. I want you to start having a backbone. Like sit up straight right now. How good does that feel? Do even like a little side to side stretch. Oh, that feels good. You deserve to feel like this in every relationship in your life. It doesn't matter who it is. So think about the relationship that's struggling and think about what you want from that relationship. If you can understand that person's patterns or your triggers when it comes to that person, then you can start creating boundaries for yourself and how to navigate around it when those conversations arise. For example, I noticed I started to get really uncomfortable and anxious when someone in my life would start complaining about other people in our circle. So every time she started talking negatively, I just wouldn't respond or I would change the subject. This really decreased my anxiety and I was still able to maintain my relationship with her. And over time, I realized that our conversations started to be more about catching up between the two of us than kind of a bitch fest about other people. And it's been such a relief. So maybe you can just start changing the subject or just not responding at all. Because how can you really create an argument if someone's not talking back? And so while I didn't verbalize that boundary, like, hey, I want you to stop talking shit, sometimes it is important to verbalize boundaries with people so they know not to cross them. And if someone's toxic behavior is affecting your mental health, it is okay to sever ties with them. Whether that's temporary or permanent, that is your call. But your mental, physical, and emotional health is the most important thing there is. And if there are people in your life that jeopardize that, they got to go. And like I said, it could only be temporary. Until you can get your health back on track and your mental stability back on track. But if you need to cut them out of your life, that is okay. Lately, a lot of people that I've spoken to are struggling with the relationship with their teenagers. Surprise, surprise. But first, I want you to think back to when you were a teenager. And although you might not want to admit it, all of us went through some sort of rebellion or argumentative period, did we not? I mean, I know I did. But I think the most important part about communicating with your teenager is just to show them love. They're going through a very difficult time in life. I mean, being a teenager sucked. 
between peer pressures, not really knowing who you are yet, tumultuous friendships, getting picked on, bodies changing, pressures of social media and society, not really having a fashion sense or style. I mean, maybe that was just me, but I struggled hard. I did not know what hair products to use. So my hair was either like a crunchy disaster from using too much mousse or was just a frizzy, like poofed out mess from the humidity. And I didn't wear makeup except this occasional like hideous blue eyeshadow that I didn't even know how to apply. I didn't really have many close friends. I mean, I was on sports teams, but I wasn't very good. It was just an awkward, rough time trying to feel accepted before I even really knew who I was. So I can imagine parenting a teen is also not a fun experience. So my best advice for parents with struggling teens is just to show them love and support. Just be there even if they act like they hate it. That goes much further than having repetitive, explosive arguments. Take an interest in their lives. Show that you care about their passions just by asking them questions. Whether you give a shit or not, pretend like you do. And be specific about your expectations and your boundaries. And yeah, they're probably going to come crashing right through those boundary lines. But if they're set and they're on the table and they purposely cross them, then discipline can be had. I know I was disciplined as a teen. You can do it. Take away their cell phones. Take away things. It is okay to discipline your teenagers. But never demean them or belittle them. That is the last thing they need. They're getting in enough from kids at school. Kids are brutal. All they need from their parents is love and support. Don't give up on them. They might be doing shitty in school, but guess what? Some of the most successful people never even graduated high school. So please don't give up on them. And actually let them fail. Don't save their ass every time they're about to fail. Let them fail. Failure is a great opportunity to learn. And if you don't let them fail now, I can promise you you're setting them up for a world of hurt later because real life is going to smack them in the face eventually. There's a great article on sunshineandhurricanes.com that goes into 10 specific ways you can improve your relationship with your teen. I'll link it in the show notes if you want to go read it after. And lastly, just decide what kind of parent you want to be. What kind of relationship do you want with your children in the next month? year, five years, 10 years. And although different ages require different parenting, just keep this in mind and start working at it today. Oh, and one more thing, do not expect them to follow any career path. This is not your life, it's theirs. Stop projecting your wishes onto them. I know you want them to be successful, but that does not mean happiness. Money does not equate happiness. Your career path does not equate to theirs. Let them be an individual. Let them find themselves and accept and love whatever that looks like and whatever they look like. Accept that and love them. That is what they need. Woo! Now let's move into the joys of being with a significant other. Man, it can be the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, can it not? (laughs) Oh, so while I'm definitely here to listen to all of your amazing love stories, sadly, I often get approached when the going gets tough. And that's okay, because when you bring two people together, two very different people from different backgrounds, different viewpoints, different values, there are always going to be tough moments. 
even if you were raised in the same town, you are two completely different people and there are going to be rough points and arguments. It's just bound to happen. But this conversation is more about figuring out the difference between those tough moments and those toxic moments. Because so many people stay in toxic relationships far longer than they should for lots of reasons. And I was one of them. The writing was on the damn wall, but I couldn't read it because I was so stuck in it. So I'm here to help you read that writing on the wall. So I'm going to get into a list of things that define a toxic relationship, mainly with a significant other. And I want you to get real honest with yourself. If you can relate to this list, why are you staying? Because I can promise you, you will be happier if you left. And I don't want to hear your excuses. I don't. I will put money on it. That if you resonate with this list, you will be happier if you leave. Promise. So for this list, I've taken some signs from womenshealthmag.com and healthline.com. I'll link both articles in the show notes. So first and foremost, I mentioned it before, but is there any type of abuse? Is there physical or sexual abuse? Just because someone is your partner or you're married to them does not mean you have to have sex with them whenever they want it. Do you hear me? You have a right to say no at any moment. Do not feel guilty. It is your body and your choice, not theirs. If your partner makes you feel like you're always doing something wrong, they bring down your self-esteem and criticize you. There's an imbalance in power because this is a partnership. There should not be one person projecting power over the other at all. It should be an equal partnership. Are they controlling or excessively jealous? Huge red flag. Do you feel insecure with them? You do not deserve to feel that way. That person should be raising your self-esteem, not tearing you down. Your partner never takes responsibility for their actions. I dealt with that one. Stonewall. Your partner stops listening to you and says they don't want to talk about your issues. They act unresponsive or even straight up walk away when you want to discuss something of importance. If you can't discuss anything that's important to you with your partner, massive red flag. Is there just toxic communication? Do you guys just argue all the time? Are your family and friends concerned about you? That is a big one and something you should take very seriously. Are there trust issues and dishonesty? Trust is paramount in any relationship. And if you can't trust that other person, you should not be with them. Promise you. You don't feel like yourself when you're around them. You should 100% be able to be fully yourself. There's constant stress in the relationship. They ignore your needs. There's resentment and grudges. There are patterns of disrespect, like they're chronically late for everything, or they keep forgetting to go to things that are important to you. There's negative financial behavior. Like if you two come to an agreement when it comes to your finances and that other person constantly disrespects that, big red flag. You've lost relationships with others. Are you no longer friends with some people that you were really close to or your family because of their relationship? That is a big red flag. You lack self-care. Have you stopped taking care of yourself physically, mentally, spiritually? Do you walk on eggshells around that person? These are all things that define a toxic relationship. And I really wanted to discuss this on my other podcast called Love on the Rock. So last week we discussed why people stay in toxic relationships. 
we had a guest on the show that went into detail about pretty much everything on that list. And she could not believe that she was so wrapped up in the relationship that she didn't even see these toxic signs. She talked about how she pretty much lost touch with all of her family and even her twin sister, who she was really close to, because her ex made it seem like they didn't care about you. They don't love you. I'm the only one that cares about you and loves you. And he was a master manipulator, so he knew exactly what he was doing. So she believed him. She believed everything. There was even abuse, but he manipulated her, made her feel like she was the problem. So I encourage you, if you are in a toxic relationship, please go listen to that episode. I'll link that in the show notes as well. But it's somebody speaking from experience who is so happy that she got out of that. So if you need some encouragement, real life stories, please go listen to that show. But for the majority of people that I work with, they're holding on to hope that their partner is going to change. The problem is it's been years and nothing has changed. That's what happened to me. For years, he said that he was making a change and I believed him. But in reality, he wasn't. And in my gut, I knew it. So your partner may be doing something really small to make it seem like they're putting in the effort or they're telling you what you want to hear, but they're not actually doing anything about it. It's so interesting. I was listening to Mel Robbins' podcast when she was discussing hunger and cravings with Dr. Amy Shea. Nothing about relationships. It was about hunger and cravings and how to curb them. But this is what Dr. Amy Shea said. We get addicted to foods, social media, gambling, and toxic relationships because all of these things intermittently reward us with dopamine. It causes an explosion in our brains and then we crave it again. The most dopamine releases is when you get an intermittent reward. So your partner gives you those intermittent rewards. They give you just enough to keep you craving and coming back for more. The person that does it knows that giving you love, attention, and affection, even just in little amounts, will keep you coming back for more. And what we do is we spend a lot of time focusing on those little inconsistent moments where that person was actually a good partner, where they followed through and And they did the thing that you so desperately wanted them to do. And that's why you stay. Because you're holding on to those little glimpses of hope that things are getting better. So are you one of those people who thinks things will get better with time? And if you are, how long has it been like this? Because I woke up five years later and shit was still the same, if not worse. So be honest, how long has it been? Does that person have a drinking problem? Are they violent when they get angry? Do they have an addiction? I know you love them and you want them to change, but they need to want it for themselves. And even if they say they want it, are they doing anything about it? Are they going to rehab, therapy, meetings? Are they trying to better themselves? Or are they constantly blaming you for their issues? Listen to me. You do not deserve that. You do not deserve to live like this a single minute longer. And if you love them and you live together and you're married and you want to stay together for the sake of the kids, do you honestly want to wake up five years from now and still be living this nightmare? 10 years from now, 15 years from now, 
can you still be doing exactly like it is today? If you are unhappy, I promise you, it's still going to be the same bullshit 5, 10, 15 years from now. And I can tell you that you deserve better. You deserve someone who's going to put in as much effort as you are. You deserve someone who's not going to blame you for all of their problems. You deserve somebody who wants to be a better person just as you do. And you don't deserve somebody who wants to change just because you're threatening to leave. Because guess what? The second that they see that you've stayed, shit's going to go right back to the way that it was. They're going to fall right back into those unhealthy patterns and you deserve more than that. And maybe you're just afraid of change. Are you staying because you're comfortable? So many people avoid changing their circumstances because they are afraid of the unknown. But if you're afraid of the unknown, you're going to stay paralyzed in fear and wake up years down the road and be right where you are today. Trust me because I've done it to myself multiple times. You have to trust your gut. You have to trust that the universe has got your back and you have to follow your happiness. I think a lot of the unhappiness that comes with any type of relationship or friendship is expectation. We expect that other person to be there when we need them to be. We expect our parents to support us. We expect our children to do what we want them to do when we say to do it. We expect our friends to put in as much effort as we do. We expect our partners to know how to love us and to be there for us at all times. But the reality is they are living their own life just as you're living yours. We can't expect them to always be there or to do everything we want them to do. Communication is key, but I also think the moment that you can start letting go of your expectations of others and just be happy with whatever you've received from them is really where life gets a whole lot easier. Don't expect your friends to show up for events, but just be grateful when they can make it. Don't expect your children to follow the career path you want them to be. Just be happy they're chasing their own dreams. Don't expect your partner to agree with everything you think and feel, but be grateful to have them by your side and support you through life. And if you need things from them, communicate that, but don't expect them to know what you need or to read your mind. That just leads to disappointment, anger, animosity, and arguments. And if you are unhappy in your relationship, then you need to do something to change it. And on a very serious note, if you are in any type of abusive relationship, please get yourself the help that you deserve. Thehotline.org is an amazing resource that is available 24-7. They have options where you can call, chat online, or even text with a live advocate that can help you with your current situation. So to wrap up today's episode, if you want your relationships to improve, you have to improve the one that you have with yourself. The real key to your own happiness is understanding yourself figuring out what your boundaries look like, figuring out what you need, and more importantly, what you deserve. It's okay to be the cycle breaker in a toxic family pattern. It's okay to leave a long friendship or relationship or marriage if it's not working. It's okay to stand up for yourself when you're being abused. So the first episode, I mentioned two external factors of happiness, being your work and your relationships. And I also mentioned some internal factors. A major internal factor is the relationship that we have with ourselves. And that's what the next episode will be about. I hope you are able to take something positive away from this episode. And more importantly, I hope you actually do something with it. Go change your life for the better. Improve your relationships because you deserve that. Thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you guys soon. I love you.